Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper around with the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Hootie Tootie Van Helsink. With me all the way across the Atlantic Ocean on the land of whales and the red dragon and all that cool stuff is the gold standard in ghost hunting. Mr. Steve Parsons. Yo. Yeah, there you go. Hey, so, uh, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, wait a minute, you don't have Thanksgiving over, that's a shame. Uh, actually, if you look at the history of Thanksgiving, it's an English celebration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Goodbye. Yes, it is. It, deri- it derives from... I don't English want to hear any more of the English bullshit and tell us that you invented well, it's everything. Only- it's yeah, the history of Thanksgiving on an American website, so... Oh, yeah, on the Internet, so that makes it real, for sure. Yeah, well, it was a U.S. university, yeah. so I kind of guess that would... Uh, yeah, so. well, anybody can call themselves a university. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, it's good to have you back, and uh, you know what? You yeah, know. I nearly... Yeah, do not, if anybody's listening, do not upgrade to the newest version of Skype. It's crap. Okay, utter, utter rubbish. You upgrade to it, it wipes your contacts, and it will. It says you're online, and apparently you're not. This uh, opinion is not that of uh, Ron Kork, or Net or Go Chronicles, and it's refer all your texts, including hate mail, to Steve Bosnitz. There you go. Every... Every single iteration of Skype okay. since Microsoft got their sticky little hands on it has gone worse and worse and worse. You said your piece. Let it go. Let it go. No. No. Move on. Life is good. So anyways, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Rocket Man sent another ballistic missile up, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, F- the FAA got him, didn't they? I'm sure that I'm sure if he keeps firing, he'll be able to hit something. It's, Pro- uh, it's a fast track to heaven, though, isn't it? Probably China or something. <laughs> but anyway, uh, ghosts—that's what we're talking about. Paranormal and all that cool stuff. And ghosts. Uh, yeah, ghosts. You heard about ghosts? Oh, I thought you said goats. Yeah, goats. Yeah, that 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 just yeah. as old as I am. I know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, anyway, uh, I've got a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but one of the things I did want to talk about is, do you know one of the oldest paranormal investigators uh, continuously running teams in the world? Uh, well, I know which, I know, yeah, it's the Ghost Club. <laughs> oh, absolutely wrong. Uh, it is, of course, Vatican. And uh, the Vatican have been investigating paranormal since it's been around. Because 
What? That's not what you said. That's what I did. Can we have that? Can we replay that back again? Replay the tape. Evidently, Steve's hearing is a little bit selective, so uh, yeah, we'll just it's go. with Skype, probably. Yes, continuously running. Yes, I said the oldest. Continuously running organizations, which would be the Vatican. That's anyway. not what you actually said. You said yes, I did. hunting group. Ghost hunting. No, I did. not I said paranormal investigative. Get that crap out of your ears. My God. You used the word group. Yeah, they are a group. You can't call the Vatican a group. I do. I'm Catholic. I can call them whatever I want to my people. Well, well, it's all right then. Group as in commune, as in yeah. cult, as in whatever. Yeah. Move right along. Some people believe Still they against. are. Some people believe they are. So there you go. Anyways. In that uh, case, in that case, in that, that case. Isn't that true? In though? that case. No, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Because wrong. if you're using if you're using the Vatican as the basis of your the longest paranormal oh, investigation go. Of life, Well let's use the Jew, the Jewish church Ooh. or the Buddhist religion. No. Because if you're using a religious no. organization No, because they don't specifically the, investigate uh, the neither does the Vatican specifically yes, they do. It's a, it's no. They there is actually a have an entire uh, archive um, on. Um, um, as does Judaism. Go do your research. The, the no, Jewish no, church no, also. No. The Jewish church also maintains a department, and an archive of paranormal phenomena. Yes. It predates the Catholic Church. Oh yeah. So where is it, Steve? Uh, it's in their headquarters in Jerusalem. Their headquarters. They have a headquarters. It's yeah, the same as the, the Catholics have the got a Jewish headquarters. Is that what it is called? The, the same as the same as the Catholic headquarters at the Vatican. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moving right along. So let's go back to the Ghost Club founded in 1862. So we're not going back to the Ghost Club because uh, I was intrigued because most people don't think about the Catholic Church and the paranormal. They think it's the opposite that they don't believe in the paranormal and and uh, you know that's. Uh, that's not what it's about. They, they're very much uh, one of the leading investigators of the paranormal. Who are? The Catholic Church! <laughs> yeah, in amongst the many other things they do. They're the, one of the biggest fundraising organizations in the world. Uh, hello, we're the big, talking about paranormal. They're one of the biggest banking corporations in the world. We're talking about paranormal. They're one of the largest landowning organizations in the world. They are what not specifically you, paranormal. It's just a branch. Yeah, it's like saying the university doesn't have a psychology department. Of course, the universities investigate the paranormal. Oh, no, they don't. They have too much other things. They have a history. They have English. They have... Yeah, that's one of the departments. My God, you're in a mood. Would you get up on the right side of the bed and you no, because you or something? You're awful crazy. No, because you're being wrong. I'm never wrong. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. Well, oh, you are. Never. Oh, uh, you are. Never. Yep, you are. Just ask me. I'll tell you. Never. See, told you again. Anyways, moving right along. Uh, all right, so you don't want to talk about that, evidently. That's clearly... I don't mind talking about the ghost club. No, no I don't want to talk about the ghost club. <laughs> That's fine. So let's go back to the original topic we were going to discuss. And 
before you get your panties in a bunch. And, uh, and that is ghost investigating. Or, wait a minute, paranormal investigating. Is it paranormal investigating? I don't want to you know, offend you. You tell me what we're, we're investigating so that I... Uh, well, paranormal, inve paranormal investigating is too, way too broad a subject, isn't it? Because let's let's be honest, you, you can put Bigfoot... All right, just tell me what you, you want to investigate. I don't want to go into the scum well, let's, let's Let's stick to... No, 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 no. All right, what do we got? What are we investigating? Well, I've, I've given you the answer twice. Spontaneous combustion? That's not an answer. Spontaneous case investigation. That includes spontaneous combustion? No. Oh, okay. Well, yes, because it's spontaneous. No, it actually... <laughs> Sad. That's why I was wondering. I'm so curious. Do you know, if you actually stop talking for a minute... I can't because you listen. just keep going if I don't stop you. <laughs> you just wander off into these long dissertations. You do. Long... You do keep wandering off into long <laughs> dissertations <laughs> over the top of everything so else. Two cranky old men. My God. Right. So I refer specifically to spontaneous phenomena that relate to ghosts, hauntings, apparitions, poltergeists, and associated experiences. Very good. Thank you. Right. All right. So if we wanted to form a team to investigate that, yeah. I'm not even going to try. What, what would we do and, and, and what equipment would we need and, and how would we uh, get this going? God, that's a huge question. I mean, the conventional, the better now, the mod, the modern way to do it. Um, well, the, the, the old, modern, you and I, we're talking about us, the proper way. Uh, well, there's two ways, isn't there? There's the there's the way that we would do it, and there's the way that it is, is more commonly done. The way that you and I would do it is that's that what I, we want to talk about. The way that you and I would do it is that we would find a group of people, uh, a small group of people, hopefully, who were like-minded and interested in finding out more about the phenomena and why people experience these phenomena. And then we would find uh, some interesting cases. We would do some right, research. Let's, let's, start, no, let's start at the beginning. Let's not go jumping ahead. Okay. So we would work with <sighs> people that are like-minded. But we're working on this together. We're teaching people how to put together a great team. So when we, when we uh, select people with particular expertise uh, to be on these teams, or, or how would we select our members other than just being like-minded that they like ghosts or investigating the paranormal or whatever you said? Well, that's the criteria that I've ever had, um, is when I encounter somebody who, who strikes me as having a genuine interest rather than, you know, a passing interest or an interest, a recent interest derived from television, although, I, that, you know, I wouldn't let that necessarily exclude somebody. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, people come along, I meet people, and they strike me as being, um, you know, more into it than your average Saturday night spooky night outer who goes occasionally and watches the some of the television programs and is big into, you know, the, the, the paranormal. Uh, but somebody who has perhaps read a few books, has got some questions, um, you know, they've, they've read some books, they've, they've been somewhere, they've seen something happen, or they've, you know, somebody's told them about something, and they've scratched their head, and they've pondered on it, and they've gone away, and, you know, they've looked, they've looked behind, um, you know, behind the facade of the case. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those are the people who strike me as being... So, would you say... 
certain I'm, particular experts in the field? Or? No, no. Um, in fact, you know, somebody, somebody who is, you know, adept with the camera or anything, you would not. No, no, no. We never have. Uh, we've never selected okay. members on that basis. Okay. Our, our, our members have only ever been selected on the basis of interest. Okay, um, that's good. That's good. Because I, we right, want right. as broad a range of people and a broader range of experiences as possible. You know, we don't all want to be rocket engineers um, mm -hmm. and neuroscientists we want you know everybody from every walk of life and every age you know we've got youngsters in parascience we've got retirees in parascience i'm getting that way myself but um, <laughs> you know the paranormal manifests to every age and across you know every class of people and so we want to you know approach it in the same way you know we don't want to restrict our our, our viewpoint in any way. So how, how do you select, I mean, do you select, well, not according to what you're telling me, but I, I know from my particular self that I select people from the, my team uh, for a need. If I have a need, then I would select someone uh, for that particular need. Uh, I, I do do more on the uh, uh, expertise side where, where someone is is more focused on one particular uh, uh, study of the paranormal than uh, just a broad, although we do use some broad people, but those, like you said, I, in the beginning, I have a small team, and but I'm, it seems like you have a larger team than that, but that's, that's okay. Uh, so that's what I would pick. I would, I would pick my people to fill a, a need. So that's where we differ a little bit, but not, nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. And well, we've uh, say it's uh, it's it, every group has got to find its own way, and every group has got to find what it works, what works right. best for it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, some groups. Isn't that the basis of your uh, course, Ghostology? Uh, that's the first thing I say. You know, I'm not there to teach people how to ghost hunt uh, in Ghostology, or if they buy the book, it's not there to teach people how to ghost hunt. Um, it is to give people some foundations and some, you know. Uh, suggestions for you know better practice good practice better practice but how they put the group together and how they actually implement an investigation has to be down to the individual groups because each group is made up of individuals and those individuals will will bond together in a certain way the group will develop its own dynamic it will develop a way of doing things that suits it and it's and the people that are in it you know um and a group has to find the best way for itself to develop. And if you don't do that, you can't come along and try and impose order onto people and say, right, we will do it this way. Um, because, or you, or you certainly can't take, you can't take what works for our group and then go and try and impose it onto another group and, you know, say, well, our group is, the, you know, our, our way is the only way, our way is the best way. Um, that, that that's ultimately you know dooming it to failure right and one, one thing I, I won't tolerate and and i'm not sure about you but uh uh you have to be able to follow instructions and you have to be loyal and you have to uh obey uh orders from the uh the founder which is me <laughs> say that again what's that just repeat that. 
I, I believe that a member of my group has to uh, has to be able to follow ours, has to um, have a loyalty uh, to to the group, and uh, I guess those are the, the two important ones. And the ability to follow ours is is crucial, and uh, the, the loyalty is to your fellow members and the group itself is is also important to me. Oh, I, I agree full, uh, wholeheartedly. In fact, we, we, we've always insisted that um, if you become a member of Parascience, um, it actually prevents you from joining another group, um, except for the SPR or ASAP, uh, one of the umbrella organisations. And the reason for that is, is simple. You know, um, we, it, it splits people's time, it splits people's loyalties. We don't prevent people going out and you know, doing their own thing or going off uh, on a public investigation or even going off as, you know, to join another group for a night to see how they go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that's not within our remit. But, you, you know, we absolutely do say, um, I'm sorry, but you can't be a member of another team and be a member of Parascience at the same time. It would be a conflict of interest. Agreed, agreed. So, in fact, at least we agree on that. So that's good. All right. So we agree on many things. We also the other thing is we stipulate is we we stipulate that each person has to have a small number of items of personal equipment um, as you know as a part of the process of joining. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, well, I mean, there are certain things that they that they have to have, like um, shoes and clothes. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't do the obvious ones. Uh, they're too obvious. We we hopefully you know are, are finding people that have got that part covered. But what we do insist upon is that they have a torch, um, and that they have uh, a torch. That's a flashlight for those in the yeah. Side. It's a flashlight for Americans, um, and a flashlight with a red filter, or you know. It can be the same one. Uh, you can have a, a filter over it. Um, but you must have the red filter available. Uh, you must also have a high-vis jacket. You know, one of these uh, sort of lightweight waistcoat things. Not one of oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, the the reason for that is... Well, the, uh, because it, is, is it reflective strips or something on it? Or? Uh, they've got ref yeah, they've got reflective strips okay. on it. Uh, the reason for that is twofold. One... Uh, and, and how it was started was because on one occasion we were doing an investigation and a figure walked in front of a camera right in the far distance at the end at the edge of the sort of vision field of a, of a night vision camera. And um, it took several hours to figure out that it was a member of the team. So um, by sticking them all into high vis jackets, we don't have that problem anymore because I we haven't yet found a ghost that wears a high vis jacket. Yeah, so. that's a good thing. One thing uh, that we, we do is we use those uh, uh, what do they call those sticks? Those glow sticks, uh, bracelets that uh, we will attach to our members, uh, uh, so that we know, uh, you know, like you said, if a figure shows up and it has a glow. Yeah. Well, we, we, well, I mean, it kind of gives them away, especially we, yeah. we go by color coding so that we, we know specifically who that person is as well, So, which is, is good. Well, we, we, we use glow sticks, but we use them in a slightly different way. But the other piece of equipment... Oh, but, well, while we're on glow sticks, how, how do you use them? I'm curious. Well, we attach them to, to things like camera tripods and stands and things that don't move and people are likely to trip over 
fall over and that's a good idea steve that's a very good idea um we buy actually what we buy is we don't buy the big large ones because they're expensive right Um, in 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 low light you know if the lights are on or it's daylight then obviously there's no issue but if if it is a dark area you don't need a very big um light source for people to become aware of of uh, you know something in the way so we actually get these they're about one inch long they come in packs of a hundred uh, mm-hmm. they're actually designed for fishing you attach them to a fishing float uh, so you ah. can see the float bob up and down at night they're only tiny tiny things and they're ridiculously inexpensive yeah. but we 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 go through hundreds of those so we just uh, a little piece of uh, masking tape um, and just tape them to the tripods or the stands or anything that's, you know, in the way or yeah. likely to be in the way. Um, and not only that, you'd be surprised how much uh, light they actually give up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't need very much light when it's dark in order to be able to see something. Right. You know, it, they, they, don't, they don't light up the area around them, but as you know with glow sticks, you are aware that it's there. Therefore, in our case, there's something else there too. Mm-hmm. So you give it a wide berth. The other thing that we um, insist that everybody in the team has, although we don't use them all of the time, mm-hmm. are uh, safety helmets, hard hats. Really? That's curious. Now, that's that's because over here in Britain we have, uh, you know, uh, more old castles, old buildings, old places with low ceilings and low doorways or mm-hmm. a bit sticking out. And, um, you know, or, or we're working on... Um, like 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 when we worked at the shipyard, industrial areas, um, and makes sense. It makes sense to have a hard hat. So um, again, um, you know that's part of the basic. Plus, they have to have uh, you know one of these PMR um, personal mobile radio walkie talkies. Uh, they must have a wristwatch. And oh, really? That's interesting. Absolutely, must have a wristwatch. They're not allowed to use the the clock features on the mobile phone or other devices. They've got to have an independent timekeeper. And what, what, is the, what is the reason for that? Uh, uh, well, off, well, nowadays a lot of people do rely on, you know, on the mobile, mobile phone, phone or, right. or, or, or something else to give them the time. However, um, you know, there are places where you do have to turn off the phones or disable them or whatever, so you're losing the timekeeping ability. And what you need to do is to ensure that people know, because time... The ability to tell the time accurately is fundamental to everything you're doing on an investigation. And if you can't tell the time accurately, um, then it, the rest of it kind of falls apart. Because what happens is if somebody writes in their notes that they had an experience, they saw an apparition, and they don't note down the time or the time is noted down incorrectly because they're guessing or because you know they haven't got a watch on and it's always about 20 past... It may be that someone else or a piece of equipment that, that's got a time recording function on it, we can't then relate the two incidents. So we can't correlate the incidents correctly. And we might start to make mistakes between um, an event taking place and somebody reporting a separate event because they they didn't record the time correctly. Um, so one of the things that we do do um, prior to starting every investigation is we time hack. Um, like they do in the military, we, we make sure that uh, there is a master clock. It doesn't matter what the master clock is or where the master clock is, but there is a master clock and everything is then set to that master clock. Personal wristwatches and items of equipment that have time recording functions on them. That's a great idea. So, uh, yeah, wristwatch is kind of gone by the way in a lot of places. I know. And, 
And that's what, that's one of the things that uh, I don't see too often in, in a lot of even those TV shows or, or even in uh, other things is is that, um, for instance, I know when Jim is, does a recording, he always puts the date and the time and the location where he's doing his recording right onto the recorder so that you you have a reference, you know, okay, it's this time, this is when it started, this is where you are, and yada, yada. Uh, a lot of people don't do that. It's such a simple thing, too. Well, a lot of, anybody that doesn't do that, I mean, that is the most fundamental thing. If you've got two groups of people um, on separate floors or, or even two people who are adjacent to each other, um, and one of them says, you know, one of them sees something, and the other one's got, uh, you know, perhaps running a camera, and they, you know, set the time. If the person, you know, if you interview them later and they refer to their notes or they they make an error in recording the time, then the credibility of the event and your therefore your evidence based upon that is diminished because the skeptic will come along and go, well, look, they're not even at the same time or even the date, and. One of the things I do see a great deal when people send me stuff to look at or, you know, if I, I am on an investigation with a, with a group is the amount of pictures or audio recordings where the time clock, uh, video recordings, where the time clock is showing 1-1-2000 or 1-1-2012 or because mm-hmm. they've taken the batteries out, you know, they've gone, you know, they, they've arrived at the location, stuck the batteries in and... Uh, press record they've never given a moment's thought to uh, the time coding the time clocks mm-hmm. so you can't directly relate and and what we're really doing is is seeking evidence to you know test a claim that's been made that somebody's had an experience and if you can't do the fundamental things like you know did they both have the experience at the same time mm-hmm. on the same date then everything else falls apart in terms of credibility I mean, you can say you could say to you know Professor Wiseman or Professor French or or Joe Nickel. Well, yeah, you just have to take trust me on this. They were together and they were in the same building at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust me that they saw a ghost. Well, the guy can't even trust you that you can record the time properly. So how can he trust you on anything else? That's just true. This is very true. But uh, now you mentioned earlier about notes and and, and how do you, how does parascience uh, handle notes and and who takes notes and, and uh, how does it work with your group? Uh, everybody takes notes. See, the the other thing that they have to have with them on every um, investigation is a simple notebook and pen, and they <coughs> we've tried lots of different ways down the years. Um, you know, we 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 tried to. We ended up in various sort of blind and blind alleyways where people were spent the night furiously, copiously writing reams of notes about their every thought and every deed and every action. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they never looked up and never saw anything. Yeah, the they, they were so busy writing. <laughs> Then we, we looked at audio recording notes, you know, using um, right. dictation well, well, machines. Actually, we'll have to hold back, Steve, because the two definitely have also we have to take a break. You're listening to the Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Colwick right here on Tojanet and PowerX. And we'll be right back then.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. International. Uh, you're talking to us. That's New England's very own Van Helsink. Who's he talking knew... to us? Ah? Who's talking to us? Uh, the spirit world, of course. There's no oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just curious how you wasn't aware of the people were talking to us, but evidently I know, I listening, but you know. <laughs> And me, of course, over here in West, West Wales. Well, it's, it's actually forecast snow for tomorrow. Weird. Really? We haven't got <laughs> snow here yet. No, but before the break, uh, we were talking ghost groups, ghost equipment, and note-taking, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Well, we left on note-taking. You were talking about you tried many methods. Uh, yeah, we did. We tried many methods. Dissertations, but then yeah. you... Uh, well, people, we, we obviously need to know what people, you know, if they have any experiences. But what we were stuck with was a load of, um, you know, reams and reams and reams of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, or none at all, because people would, would uh, take the easy way out and write nothing to report. Um, well, of course, something, there is always something to report, unless, you know, unless you were dead um, or asleep. And even then they were probably dreaming. They must have, you know, they must have, had something happen, even if it's you know HC because he's he's been on at me all evening about sitting down here in the cold corridor. Um, we needed that information because we need to know um, from a psychological p- perspective how the individuals in the group are feeling and how you know and if anything is is occurring with them because some of the experiences may be of course internal. You know, not every apparition is a, a, a you know. 
disembodied entity. Uh, some of them, you know, uh, clearly are hallucinations. Uh, so then we looked at audio recorders um, and we just, you know, tried to get people just to speak a few words every, you know, but that didn't work either. Why didn't um, that work? Well, there were technical reasons. Um, and also people, when they were sitting alongside, um, because we always work in pairs, when they were sitting alongside the partner, that people became much more self-conscious about what they were saying in front of another person. And so they became self-censoring. Uh, okay. And so that wasn't working either. So what we decided to do, and this was the advent of social media gave us this idea, um, is what we say to them now is uh, at least once every five minutes, we want you to make a note in the form of a tweet so that's around about 140 150 characters yeah, that's good. Yeah, clever. just describing how you're feeling um so you know feeling hot feeling cold feeling tired feeling bored so we know every five minutes that we're we're getting some input as to how they are that's a vast uh, amount of data uh it, it's a it's a use it's a useful amount of data but without being over you know sort of um, and it keeps people nice and concise because they, they've got, got to do it in a sentence or two. Mm. Now, if anything, if they do have an experience, um, you know, we, we expect them to... We want the essential bare details. Um, we don't want them to speculate as to the cause unless they are absolutely certain what the cause is because they can see it or they, they're, you know, they know of it from a previous uh, visit. Um, you know, if they hear a sound and they already know what it is, we don't want them to start speculating. We want them to simply say a sound, um, you know, that, and then try to describe the sound, but without speculating. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, any, any measurements they do, any feelings that they have um, during the experience, after the experience, prior to the experience. Um, the other thing that we don't, we, we also insist on is we never we always collect the notes at the end of each period each session or night because we tend to do single period investigations starting at you know when we arrive and ending when we leave mm -hmm. we don't have uh so we we don't let them rewrite the notes however bad they claim their handwriting is and mm -hmm. we don't allow them to oh i'll just rewrite it or i'll just expand on that bit right. we don't allow them to edit the notes in any way we want what you know the rubbish that they wrote right at the very start because that's the the most important piece of information in terms of how they were thinking and how they were feeling that makes a lot because, of sense actually yeah yeah when, when people start to edit you know self-edit notes they think oh, well i could have written that in a better way or then they start changing and altering and you well, they look back and they say well maybe i really didn't see yeah. that maybe it was yeah. something else yeah so, so we, we're, you know, even if your handwriting's really bad because you've been writing in near pitch darkness, um, or you've just got bad handwriting because you're a doctor, mm. uh, um, I mean, <laughs> then, you know, tough luck. We, we might come to you afterwards and say, what did you actually write here? Because we can't read it, but, you know, we don't allow people to rewrite it or re-edit it in any way. Mm. Yeah, we, we tried different methods. Uh, I tried having people submit reports after the investigations, and that didn't work very well. And uh, we came, excuse me, we came up with a method. Uh, Jim Stonier uh, designed a computer program called Team, 
and uh, we uh, we call in our notes to base camp as we go along. Anything that's abnormal, uh, we call in. So uh, it's all located in one location and one single report. So we, we do it that way. It's uh, a little bit different. Yours is, you know, much more, um, what's the word, uh, thorough than that. But uh, it, that works for us. So that's what we do. Well, I said this. I mean, this illustrates before um, that quite clearly um, each group has to find what works best for itself, and mm -hmm. this is the method that works best for us. Um, I wouldn't advocate that all groups use that method. Um, I would certainly, you know, it works for us because that's the method that we've devised um, based upon the individuals in our team and how they're used to working and how they're used to being shouted and chided by me. Mm. Or Anne. Now, I mentioned base camp. Do you, do you have a base camp uh, when you do your investigating? No, we don't. Um, we have a central person. Um, now, the the uh, which is called, uh, it's a radio call sign, it's called control. Uh, mm -hmm. But that control put point isn't, uh, it, might be, it might be located in a, you know, in a specific place, an office or, you know, somewhere away from the main investigation. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it could equally be um, somebody who is active in the investigation. Um, we generally use either myself and Anne or Anne, for the simple reason, uh, one of the key things that we try not to do is to give the team members a, um, too much information about the case beforehand. Now, clearly, Anne or myself would have the majority of the information. Mm -hmm. um, that's not always the case. Sometimes other members are, uh, you know, the key per the key uh, person in, in the case, but. Generally speaking, Anne and myself, Anne or myself, will have the majority of information. Therefore, any experience we have is likely to be um, decreased uh, in terms of expectation, suggestion, prior right. knowledge. So we tend to, to take the control role, um, and we we then tend to sit out from the main investigation body and take a sort of overview of uh, right. of the proceedings. So, but there are times where control, uh, and we use the word control because control is simply a central point. Um, mm -hmm. It isn't an individual. It isn't a place. It's it's uh, a nominal control point. And anybody in the team and all members of the team over the years have been in control. Um, so control is just a nominal, you know, sort of uh, central. And what we use control for is for things like coordinating movement of individuals through other areas where they're mm -hmm. going to conflict with people or, or making sure that, you know, people are in position where they're supposed to be at a given time. Um, so, right. so yeah, we don't have a, a we don't always use a base room or yeah. a base camp. Yeah, and a base camp we use primarily for larger locations. And it's just, for instance, if you're in a house, that's not necessarily uh, you would use a base camp because you'd have, have a small team to start with because you don't want them running into each other and so forth. Uh, so you you would start and usually you'd be all together so that you wouldn't have a, a 
a base camp that we wouldn't. Um, this is how our team works. Uh, if there's a lot of locations, we definitely would. We would uh, definitely send a, uh, run cameras and so forth so that we have views of different locations and we'd send out uh, teams, satellite teams, to these locations. We can actually monitor them as the investigation is going on and uh, do it that way. So it's, it's a little bit different for, for us than you, but uh, like you said, it's both good, whatever works for you. Yeah, it has to be that way. I, I mean, it, it, a lot of groups uh, make a big deal about equipment. You know, they, they mm -hmm. rush off to paranologies, they rush off to... <laughs> yeah. Um, to ghost dark and spend, spend. <laughs> spend, spend. I mean, it is a spend fest. And I, I noticed around uh, Black Friday um, there were a lot of um, paranormal equipment suppliers offering you know, deals. But you, you know, in, in essence, yes, you've got to have some equipment. But many groups overlook the basics. You know, most groups, the, the tech guy in or the tech lady in in mm -hmm. most groups. You know, they get blinded by, or dazzled by the uh, the technology and overlook the very basics, the wristwatch, the notebook, the pen, um, and how important, you know, what an important role they actually play in the investigation. You know, they, they, they'll spend $500 on, on, a, on a ghost, uh, you know, a, a ghost pod, but then forget to turn up with a notebook and pen, um, you know, and forget how, and the, I think they overlook how, important that basic information is and the reason that they they overlook that is most of their training is coming from the television programs oh, yeah absolutely you know they don't use you know when was the last time you saw zach uh, pick up a notebook and pen and, doc, and document you know they can't write so <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's not portrayed in any meaningful way i mean way 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 back in series one uh, the early series of most haunted you know, uh, the investigator was seen with with a clipboard and a pen, yeah. noting down furiously what what Derek or the witnesses were saying. Mm -hmm. But by the time they got to about series six or seven, that had been thrown out with the bathwater, um, and the investigator just dutifully trailed along behind. Yeah, I always wondered about that. They just kind of like were there. They didn't really yeah, have a uh, you know they sort of wandered along behind, waving some obscure piece of equipment. Um, and asking and asking the occasional question, but that was very early series where you know we, when it was Jason, uh, Jason Carl, he he was doing it the correct way. He was noting down, and Phil, Phil Wyman was doing it too. They were noting down what what people were saying, when when things were happening, where they were happening, um, who happened, you know, who, which witnesses were there. They had that information, um, and. and it's not done anymore in the media. You know, you don't even see that in the very modern series, Ghost Chasers, and we've had them on the show before. They don't, at no point do either of those two turn up with a notebook and pen. You know, but mm -hmm. they'll boast on they'll boast on social media about having these latest, um, you know, eye tracking goggles, and then forget the notebook and pen. Mm, so true. It's because uh, they they get lazy and. Uh, um, I think that's it primarily. They just it's, don't yeah, want to put the, the effort into it. Well, it's blinded by the tech. You know, they think that the, the public, and, and of course the public have been trained to, um, you know, the viewers have been trained to 
uh, want the technology. They want to see the dazzling eye-tracking technology. They want to see the latest ghost detector. They want to see the results of the, you know, the new bizarre experiment that has all sorts of rotating, flashing lights on it. Um, somebody writing on a pad and paper, it, it, you know, it's not really that visually exciting, but it's crucial absolutely crucial to the role of investigating there was a group here in the uk recently who put um uh you know social media one of those posts that they <laughs> put up every, every day that yeah. said um you know what is the most equi- important piece of equipment on the ghost side i think i remember seeing that believe it or not yeah and um it, it was surprising the number of people who put uh, your five senses now mm. Yeah, of course you've got to rely on yourself because you you know you are the primary uh, data collector. But there were very few who put down wristwatch, notebook, and pen. Um, there were some, um, but when you actually see them in action, I can't recall seeing a group in the last two years where um, notebooks and pens were played any any role in the in the the night at all. I agree with you. Uh, I, I like I said, I, I just don't see it anymore. I, no, it's just not there. I mean, yeah, we can use modern technology because if you've set up the time codes on the recorders, then you can, to an extent, circumvent stuff. Um, you know, you can say, well, we've got a recording of what took place and when it took place, but that's not the same as getting, you know, to the nub of the experience and getting the experience from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And, you know, notes, or or even, you know, you go back um, several weeks later over the investigation um, log, the case file, and you realise that you might have several recordings, but there was somebody else sitting in the room, you know, there were two people there, one, you know, one's on camera, one's uh, off the side of the camera, you don't know what they're doing, and they didn't keep any notes. Um, you know, notes give you a huge insight into what's taking place, way above and beyond any equipment. I agree. Uh, you know, notes are so, are so important, and, and documenting things is so important. But then again, I mean, you get tied up so much with equipment and with even taking notes and stuff you, you, that you miss the the general experience, which is what you're know, the other investigator. Uh, you know, I always remember that that uh, cartoon that they did at the the Boston Globe uh, when they were went along with us at the uh, the uh, uh, Wood Island Lighthouse, and it shows the lighthouse with all these ghosts coming out of it and everything else, and the reporter's talking to me, and he, and, uh, and he says, "Did you get anything?" I says, yeah, "I got a little bit, but nothing really." And the whole thing was, I, I got a little bit on my meter, but nothing really. So in other words, I was so engrossed in my meter that I was missing all these these uh, ghosts coming out of the lighthouse. And uh, <laughs> it, it, to me, that when I saw that one, it, it really hit uh, a nerve. Because when I went out originally, I mean, my arms, especially at the very beginning, my arms were full of crap. I mean, I had, I had cameras and, and tape recorders and and regular cameras and, and EMF meters. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And that wasn't all, it, it wasn't even counting all the crap <clears throat> I carried from Maureen. So, <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 sometimes you do get tied up a little bit too much in the procedure and, and actually forget what you're really there to investigate, which is the experience of whoever reported it. 
original yeah. one. And, you know, we are in the 21st century. And what's, what's also interesting for me is the headlong rush towards technology in terms of throwing out perfectly good technology simply because it's been replaced by older technology. You know, we, we, when was the last time you saw a film camera used? Exactly. I was just thinking that. When was the last time you saw a cassette recorder make an appearance on a paranormal investigation? And yet, if we look back through the history of ghost photographs, the brown lady um, and others, they weren't taken on digital cameras. The, some of the great, you know, the, the, the early experiments in EVP, Raudiva, Jurgensen, um, and uh, many, many others, they were working with analog technology, and they were getting interesting results. Uh, the, the modern investigators don't seem to be getting uh, since they switched over to digital, because is, there, is it something, you know, is there, was there something intri- intrinsic within the technology? Because... The spirits, spiritualists are telling us that, you know, and in fact, you yourself said that during a seance, during one of your red light seances, you were given plans or assistance from the spirit world. Maybe the spirit world haven't quite caught up with digital technology. Or, or you know, I, I haven't yet seen a um, communication from the spirit realm, purported, real or otherwise, that has given plans for a set of computer code to build a software app to communicate with the spirits. But I am aware of several dozen um, encounters where the spirit realm has given circuit diagrams or technical Mm -hmm. assistance. Uh, On that note, this is a little side note, and it has really not much to do with the subject we're talking about, but I remember one of the seance, these spirits actually gave us the winning lottery numbers, uh, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, the only problem was we didn't know which lottery, when it was supposed to be played, <laughs> what, what day, what year, what week. So you had information. We, we can, we, you know, if it was right, there's no way we would know because uh, we didn't get enough information. So the, the lack of information hurt us on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, this is it. What we need to do is to consider, are we, are we moving too fast? Are we not reviewing what we've already got in terms of, you know, nobody explained the brown lady. Um, There were lots of attempts. So it was an interesting uh, conundrum, you know, an unanswered question. But rather than go back and try to answer the question, people threw away all the film cameras. Um, You know, they they sold them cash converters uh, and put them into thrift stores. And they 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 moved on to digital, and then they threw the digital cameras away and went on to better digital, um, and then they threw them away and went on to the mobile phones. It was the same with video technology, uh, video recording technology. You know, uh, back in the day, I remember the switch to having a big uh, VHS, VCR, and a couple of oh god, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and a couple of cameras that you got from Home Depot plugged into the back of it. Um, which were hugely expensive. Don't forget the radio, radio shack thermometers. <laughs> Don't forget the baby monitors either. Oh, yeah, um, the baby monitors too, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, nowadays, every you know, then they went through DVRs um, and then body cams and, you know, we, we rush headlong uh, at technology without ever 
bothering to answer the questions that were posed by the previous generation of technology. And that's, right. you know, there's clearly something wrong there as well, isn't there? I agree. Uh, you know, I, you know, I just think what happened to the poor Yarb if, if we started going back to the <laughs> cameras. I'm just saying. Yeah, the poor orb. Uh, well, the poor I mean, there are orbs known from the analog era. Um, you know, oh, I know. Well, I'm not saying there isn't, but uh, there are orb photographs. A lot less, I'll tell you that much. Oh, there's an awful lot less, and you know the reason is simple: the, the flash was further up away from the lens on top of a big, powerful flash gun. Um, you know, by the time they got to digital, they could make the whole damn thing smaller because the sensor was physically smaller. Um, you know, you can make these very small cameras, uh, much smaller than a 35 millimeter camera. Uh, but there are all photographs, uh, analog, you know, photo taken oh, yeah. ones yeah. that date back to the 1950s and the 60s. But mm -hmm. they are incredibly rare, but they do exist. And the cause, you know, the reason and cause is exactly the same. Um, however, we know we're not here to discuss orbs, but you know, this idea <laughs> of this idea of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, you know, oh, I've got to buy this latest Paranologies kit because Zach used it. I've got to buy this latest pod because Ryan used it. No, lots and lots and lots of interesting results came from simple cassette recorders. And you haven't answered those questions yet. You can't move on fully. Yeah, look at the new technology, but don't throw the old technology away. Use them two of them side by side. Ask yourself, you know, is digital better at capturing stuff than analog? Or do you get better results with analog than digital? Um, now, there's, there's a, a great study for someone to do. It's underway. I'm, I'm sorry, but we've been doing it for the last oh, yeah. three or four so years. What? Does that, excuse me, but does, well, as does you that... Well, as you know, does, when it, I... Wait, excuse me, but that, does that mean that you're the only people who can do it? Absolutely oh, not. No, no. The more no, studies, no. the more data. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the more groups that do it, the better. But, I mean, as you know, when we visit thrift stores uh, on my visits over there, mm -hmm. um, I, I come away with cassette recorders and yeah. old technology. Absolutely. Um, because what we're doing here, uh, what mm -hmm. we've been doing for a number of years, is running the two side by side. Um, you know, in addition to having a high-tech Zoom H6 recorder running, we also have a 1980s-era uh, Sony cassette recorder and others. Really? Um, you know, even reel to reels. Where are you getting the cassettes from? Uh, they're still available. I mean, our local supermarket still sells cassettes. Uh, really? VHS? Uh, VHS and also C60, C C90 cassettes are all, you know, our, our local supermarket shelves have still got them. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we, we can still get reel to reel tapes for the reel to reel recorder. Um, all of that technology is still available. In fact, look, look. I mean, I don't know if it's the same in America, but here in the UK, vinyl is huge. Yeah, come back, big comeback. Yeah. So you know, maybe we will see a big, huge comeback in cassettes uh, in a few years' time. <laughs> oh, just don't say. Wait, 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 just, I, don't, just don't say eight tracks, please. We'll have eight tracks. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the next thing. Eight track in the car. <laughs> oh God! What a horrible technology that was. You'd be like grooving to a song, and all of a sudden, what? 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 What the hell happened? <laughs> so there you go, Ghost Hunters. Start using the eight tracks. Mm -hmm. So that was the uh, pizza from the uh, dead, which means the doorbell and uh, the zombies out the air, and 
we're in trouble. So uh, we've got to wrap it up. Anything you'd like to add? Uh, Christmas no, is coming I, on. Are we having our Christmas show? Uh, we are on the 19th, uh, where we hand over the airwaves to those who are the power behind the throne. Trump? <laughs> yeah, you think we're incoherent. Did you read, did you read the text of his uh, uh, ah, speech to the, US Co- to the US Coast Guard? Let it go. <laughs> A masterpiece. Uh, yeah. yeah, 19th yeah. of December, tune in for, and we finish with, uh, as always, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And we might be joined by the young ghost hunters, I think, this year. I think the, the, I think the, the two young ghost hunters might join in as well. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, be- it's become a tradition now. I actually have a, uh, the action figure ghost hunters. Uh, from the original team and a uh, firehouse, the original firehouse for them, and uh, also a, a backpack as well. So I'm going to have to be getting rid of those. Very I, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I got no place around, so I give them to you, but you never get them across the pond. Um, probably the firehouse is probably. Didn't they use the flat pack? It's huge. No, it's huge. Oh, yeah, this, you we got to go. We're getting yelled at again. It is uh, bad. Yeah. All right, uh, Steve. Uh, good show. Uh, we well, hopefully we you learned something. Uh, I don't mean you. <laughs> well, maybe I do mean you. Uh, yeah, I mean me because. Oh, we're gone. Bye. <laughs> good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.